and what have you. I have, it's, it's a wide open desert in my head. If there's a, if there's a song in my head, it's because the Holy Ghost has placed it there temporarily. And occasionally when the Holy Ghost is doing that, and really it's coming up from my spirit, I can kind of do a little bit of a song. Um, but otherwise it's just a wide open, empty space in the natural. I can't do it at all. And, um, and, uh, I, I told the Lord, I said, I said, Lord, but I love worship. I love, I love to teach on praise and worship. I love to worship, um, you know, but now once a song starts, I'm good as long as somebody's there to help go. But if they stop, I'm, that's it. I'm dead in the water. But I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I think you did that with me because if I had that musical ability, I wouldn't preach. I would just sing because yeah, be, I just love worship. It'd be, it'd be crowding your head out. Uh-huh. It'd be crowding your head out. Yeah, There's stuff right. in there already. Right. I that's just... funny you telling telling people that your that your head's like a wide open space. I'm like, <laughs> right. Sure. That's my <laughs> that's my language. Well, so when it comes to yours. music, when it comes to music, when it comes to music. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, it's prayer and healing school. And um, glory to God. We had a wonderful time during prayer. Um, tonight, uh, I want to talk about, I don't, I don't really have a title, so to speak. Um, but many times people face certain sicknesses. They get diagnoses or because of our, especially in America. In America, we actually have too much knowledge available. We really do. Um, in America, we've got Dr. Google at the click of a finger, um, and, you know, we can get all kinds of anatomy charts, and we can ask this and that, and our Internet's not restricted, and, and um, you know, you can, you know, and our doctors have become, um, if, you, if you know how to advocate for yourself um, you, and, you, and you find the right doctors, they'll kind of teach you a little bit. Um, you know, I went in not to be TMI, but... Um, uh, I went and talked to my doctor some time back uh, because I was having some urinary issues, and I was like, Doc, something's not right. I don't know what's going on. And uh, so they, they, you know, take the little sample, and they look at it at the microscope, and he, um, he said, he, said he, he was looking at the microscope, and he said, come here. And I said, what? He goes, here's your problem. And I went, what? And he had me look in the microscope. There was some, some little yeast cells that were causing some problems. You know, so we just in, I'm just saying that because in America, you can get just, just a tremendous amount of medical information. And because of all of this information, oftentimes we can hear from the doctor um, and, and we hear things like, well, that's not fixable. That's not something that can come back. You know, I've, I'm believing God for, some te- for two teeth to be replaced. It's just what's in my spirit and for wholeness. And, I, and, and my dentist asked me, he said, well, you're going to get some implants in there. And I said, no. I said, the Lord's going to replace them. And my, my dentist is a Christian. And he looked at me and laughed and said, do you think you're a shark? Why? Because it goes beyond, because the idea that God could grow your teeth back goes beyond what man knows is possible. You know, you can get a diagnosis of cancer. You know, you hear, you know, with prayer, uh, with our prayer time, we pray for a lot of people with cancer. And we get victories for people through prayer. Um, but, you know, we, the report will come, well, you know, I've got this friend or this family member, and they've got stage 3 or stage 4 cancer. And you can almost hear the air go out of the room. Everybody's kind of like, <gasps> Like, it's just, you know, because those, you know, oh, it's stage four. That's it. It's over. No, 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 no. We have a bigger God. You know, um, 
you know, you could, uh, you know, somebody loses a limb or part of a limb and, and they tell you, oh, that's it. There's no way to get that back because of that knowledge that that's not how the human body functions. It can take every bit of faith that you have and just squish it, just you know, when Pastor Mike's foot got cut with a chainsaw, I mean, we were told devastating reports. And the doctor was just giving us not man's knowledge, not God's knowledge. And man's knowledge said, chainsaws are filthy. You've got more than 100%, 110% chance of infection. You're going you're gonna to have at least two, if not three or more surgeries. They're going to have to shorten your toe. You're going to have to wear special shoes. You're going to walk with a limp all the days of your life. You're not going to be able to fight fire anymore. I mean, these were devastating reports. But we had a higher report. We had the report of God. You know, you can, especially as you get older, you can get reports like osteoarthritis or osteoporosis. Well, your bones are deteriorating. There's nothing you can do. Once your bones start to break down, there's no hope. Uh, um, you know, that, you know that's, but that's what they tell you. You know, they can tell you these things. Or they say, well, we found this medicine and it can help, but, you know, it might cause other problems or this might happen. And, so, so there's just a lot out there that can just really discourage people. You know, uh, if you ever had to have an organ removed, your pancreas, or not your pancreas, you have to have your pancreas. But if they go out, because they, they say, oh, well, we've got to take out your appendix, or we've got to take out your gallbladder, or ladies, we've got to take out your uterus or your ovaries. You know, there's certain parts of the body that they say, well, we can take those parts out and you can live, you know, basically a normal life. But you know what? There's, that's just part of you is missing. Well, is there something that God can do? Yes. Yes, there is something that God can do. But we've got to get a higher report. I want us to start. So, so I want to look at this. I want us to go to Genesis chapter 18. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 18. And um, we're not going to go into the fullness of this because... Uh, I just want you to see this. You know, let every word of the gospel, let every word of the Bible be established by two or three witnesses. And um, in Genesis chapter 18, this is where um, God is talking to Abraham and and uh, Abraham and Sarah. And um, look at verse 14, uh, Genesis 18:14. And uh, we're just going to read this one verse. Well, let's back up um, and uh, to verse 13. Remember, at this point, Abraham and Sarah are both very, very old. They've been waiting for a very long time uh, for children. In fact, the Lord had come and promised that they would have children well beyond their childbearing years. And here, the Lord is speaking. Um, let's Actually, let's back up to verse um Eleven. Yeah, let's back up to verse 11. All right. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Now, let me set the stage for you. God and Abraham are talking right outside the tent, and Sarah is in the tent listening. She's listening, and she's hearing the Lord speak, and this is her response. And, of course, if you, if you understand that 
that uh, it ceased to be with Sarah after the men are women. That means she went through menopause already. Yeah, she's she's no longer able to bear children. Right. Therefore, Sarah laughed with herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? So this is so basically what Sarah said is Sarah said, um, <laughs> you know, she hears the Lord say, Abraham, you're you're still going to have this child of promise. And she laughs within herself. Now, the Lord's saying outside the, outside the tent, and, but yet she laughs within herself, and she says, have you ever been listening to a conversation or having a conversation, and kind of under your breath you were like, yeah, right, and kind of made a reply? Well, that's what Sarah did. Sarah was like, okay, yeah, right, I'm past my childbearing years, um, and so is my husband, and you mean I'm going to have physical pleasure? Like, so this is where we find out that that Sarah is not able to birth children, is not able to conceive children, and Abraham is not able to do his husbandly part to bring children to pass. And so she's like, okay, like, okay, Lord, not only do you have to heal me, but you have to heal him too. Like, yeah, that's going to happen. And, but look at what the Lord says. And the Lord said unto Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I, of a surety, bear a child which am old? He asked, Abraham, not Sarah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is anything too hard for the Lord? So he, so here the Lord, knowing what Sarah said on the inside. No, so, remember, she said this within herself. Abraham didn't know what Sarah had said, but the Lord did. And so the Lord said to Abraham, go back. And the Lord said to Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh? He said, why did your wife laugh? Why did your wife laugh? And Abraham's going, um, what are you talking about? You know, um, how about, you know, when I said to my dentist, the Lord's going to replace my teeth. And, and uh, he said, and he laughed and he said, what are you, a shark? How much do you know? The Lord said, why did he laugh at that? Because God's got warehouses of body parts in heaven just waiting for somebody to pull them down by faith. He's just waiting for somebody to pull them down by faith. He said, shall I of a surety? And, and um, he said, wherefore did, Sarah, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Like, he's like, why did she say that? Like, why did she laugh and say that? And then this, and, and he, he, so he's asking Abraham, why did your wife respond this way? How much do you know? Uh, the Lord is confused because Jesus hasn't come yet. He doesn't have the mediator to help, uh, to help him understand human nature. And he's like, why is this funny? And look at what he said. Look at, look at, this, look at what, he, what the Lord asked Abraham in right, verse 14. 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? He said, he looked at him and he said, Abraham. Is there anything too hard for me? Now, this is the creator of the universe. He's created all life. He's created all life. And he's looking at Abraham, and he's like, Abraham, I want you to stop and think about this. Is there anything that is too hard or too difficult for me? Come on. And then he goes on, and he says, that At the time appointed, I will return unto thee. According to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Now, does there sound like there's any doubt in the Lord there? <laughs> no. He wasn't phased by her laughing. She was, he was not phased. Listen, the, do, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father God, and the Holy Ghost are not phased by your doctor's reports. They're not phased by it. They don't sit up in heaven on the throne and go, well, 
you know, that doctor's been practicing medicine for 30 or 40 years, and they might know something that I don't know. No. The Lord sits up in the heaven and says, why did you tell him that that couldn't be done? It's very easy for it to be done. All I have to do is say the word, and all they have to do is receive it. It's that simple for the Lord. Go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32. Oh, Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah is the prophet, and Jeremiah is the prophet during the time that the Israelites were in a hot mess and going against God, and Jeremiah frequently had to say things um, that were not so great to be said because the uh, Israelites kept messing up. And in Jeremiah chapter 32, it, it starts off with Jerusalem has um, Jerusalem's been taken um, captive. No wonder why I was in the wrong spot. Jerusalem has been taken captive. Uh, the king of Judah is in prison. Uh, there's some land that's being sold. And... Um, the man that bought the land is showing that he rightfully bought the land, and he and and the prophet is speaking. In fact, Jeremiah had been put in prison because he said some things that they didn't like. And uh, we're going to pick up in verse 19. Let's pick up in verse 19. Jeremiah 32, 19. We'll pick up right here. Y'all don't need to know all the, for, for sake of time, we don't need to read all the, ins and outs of the buying of the land, we need to hear this conversation uh, that, that Jeremiah is having here. So we're going to pick up in verse 19. All right, verse 19. Great in counsel and mighty in work, for thine eyes... Oh, hold on. I messed up. Back up to verse 17. Okay. <laughs> ah, Lord God, Behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by the great power, or by thy great power, and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. What did he say? There's nothing too hard. So Jeremiah is beginning to kind of intercede on the behalf of the Israelites. He's beginning to intercede, and the first thing that he says is, God, there's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too difficult for you. Remember, we're looking to establish every word with two or three witnesses. And so he's singing, the, so he's speaking the praises of God. And uh, he says, Lord, there's nothing too hard for thee. Now, in the margin of my Bible, it says, or hid from thee. So he said, he said Lord, you stretch out your mighty arm, and there's nothing that's hid. Now, how much do you know, if you have a sickness or a disease in your body, that sickness or disease is not hid from God. He's aware that you have a need for healing. And he already has your provision for healing in place. It's not that you're trying to get God to heal you. It's that you need to get you in position to receive that healing. Because God already knows. God already knows the situation. He already knows what's happening, has happened. Let's keep going. All right. Thou showest loving kindness unto thousands. And re recompense the iniquity of the fathers unto the bosom of their children after them. The great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts, is his name. 
I mean, this is some good stuff to teach you how to praise him. Come on. Great in counsel and mighty in work. For thine eyes are open unto all the ways of the sons of men. To give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He said, Father, you're, you're great in counsel and mighty in work. And your eyes are open upon what? All the ways of the son of men. To give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Now, some people that deal with certain chronic sicknesses, they tend to say this. I've met, these pe I've met people like this, and trying to get them to receive healing can be very hard because they will say things like, I did this to myself. I caused this injury myself. This is my cross to bear because of the way that I lived. Listen, God knew that you were going to mess up. He knew it ahead of time, and he made a provision for your redemption. He made a provision for your restoration. None of, none of your shenanigans has caught God off guard, and God is not a God. In fact, he would be a very unjust God to say, well, you made your bed of sickness. Just go ahead and stay in it. That would be a very unjust father. That would not be, an okay, that, that would not be a father that any of us would want to have. Come on. Keep going? Yep. All right. Which has set things, or set signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, even unto this day, and in Israel, and among other men, and has made thee a name as it is, as it is or at, as at, at this day. day. And has brought forth thy people, Israel, out of the land of Egypt with signs and with wonders and with a strong hand. And with an outstretched arm and with great terror. That word terror there, he's talking about reverential terror, reverential fear. He's not talking about God jumped out of the bushes and went, blah. He's not talking about that. He's talking about, you know, God, you're, you're full, you are, you are so powerful or so full of awe. Let's say it that way. And has given them this land which thou didst swear to their fathers to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they came in and possessed it, but they obeyed not thy voice, neither walked in thy law. They have done nothing of all that thou commandest them to do. Therefore thou hast caused all this evil to come upon them. Now, what is Jeremiah doing? Jeremiah is actually interceding for the Israelites. And Jeremiah is actually pleading their case. This is what intercession looks like. First of all, Jeremiah is praising God and telling God how incredibly wonderful he is. And then he goes and he began, he says, God, you're so wonderful. You brought your children out of Egypt and out of bondage. You gave them this land of milk and honey. You've done all these wonderful things. It sounds almost like Jeremiah is buttering up the Lord. But really, he's just praising them. He's just getting into his presence. Then when he gets into his presence, he begins to say, okay, God, I know that you did all of this for them. And yep, I know they didn't follow your commandments. And I know that the curses come upon them. You um, notice he said, and thou he said, um, therefore thou hast caused all this evil to come upon them. God did not cause the evil. What God did is he pulled back 
his hand of protection and that opened the door for the evil to come upon him. But who actually caused God to pull back his hand? The people did. Right. The people did. So you, um, so when this is, the translators didn't get this quite right. They should have translated it in the causative form or the permissive form instead of, uh, they, they should have translated it in the permissive form instead of the causative form. In other words, they, what they should have said is, therefore thou hast allowed all of this evil to come upon them. Why? Because that's what the people chose. Listen. The Israelites heard the law given to them once a year, every year. They knew, they, they had Deuteronomy 28 memorized. Do we in this house about have it memorized? I mean, we, we understand, we don't have it memorized because it's 68, 69 something uh, scriptures, but we have the principle of it memorized. If you'll be good and follow what God tells you to do, you'll be blessed. If you go against what God tells you to do, Bad things are going to happen because you're getting on the devil's territory. Well, if we can understand that, how much do you know the Jews can understand that? And so they had this happening. So what is, what is Jeremiah doing? Jeremiah is saying, yep, God, they did exactly what you told them not to do. And because of that, all of this evil has come upon them. Let's keep going. Behold the mounts. They are come into the city to take it. And the city is given unto the hand of the Chaldeans that fight against it because of the sword and of the famine and of the pestilence. And what thou hast spoken is come to pass. What has come to pass? The sword, the famine, the pestilence. In other words, their enemy is eating their lunch. He said, Lord, you told them, obey my word, obey your word, and they'd be blessed. But they didn't obey your word. And what you said there in the law, that their enemies would overtake them, that sickness would come, that pestilence would come, that disease would come. But, Lord, they just satisfied their flesh and all this has come. Well, guess what? How much you know that's true of us today? Listen, we know how to avoid heart disease, eat healthy, get some exercise, you know, do, take care of your physical body. We can, we can, you know, we can kind of uh, dodge the bullet of diabetes by, you know, watching our diet, not eating a lot of sugar, getting exercise, taking care of ourselves. You know, we can, we know that all this processed food and junk food is not good for us. We need to take the time to, to prep healthy food. But guess what? Our flesh goes, I want the cookies, and I want the cake, and I want the soda, and I want the junk food. And, and it's easier, and it's faster, and it's better just to go through the drive through Guess what? We're not doing what we know we should do, and because of that, we open the door to sickness. Okay? Well, they're no different. He's pleading their case. We're no different. But, here's the, but, but you're going to see something amazing as he pleads this case. And thou hast said unto me, O Lord God, by thee the field or by thee the field for money, and take witness, for the city is given unto the hand of the Chaldeans. Remember, this started off with him buying some land, and he said, Lord, you told me to go buy this land, and now there's all this sickness, and there's all this pestilence, and there's all this. How much you know? You can be following what God tells you to do in one area, and yet uh, being disobedient in another area. So on the one hand, you've got the prosperity and provision flowing, but on the other hand, you got the curse flowing too. That's kind of what Israel had going on. 
That's kind of what was happening. And he's like, Lord, you told me to buy the land, and now the Chalzeans have taken it. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Now, does it sound like this is a healing God right here? Doesn't sound like it, right? That's not that's not what they're really talking about here, no. No, that's not really <laughs> what they're talking about here. But he but really um Jeremiah is pleading the case and he's like, "Lord, you told me to buy the land that now the Chaldeans have it and it's full of violence and it's full of sickness and it's full of disease." And he says and he says and the Lord said, "Behold, I am the Lord God of all flesh." In other words, another way we could read this is, I am Jehovah Elohim. In other words, he is the God and creator of all, um, and all flesh. That means all of mankind. And then he goes, is there anything too hard for me? Now, what, in this connotation, he's like, because he's asking them, why is all this evil come on them? Because the Lord has lifted his hand. And what basically what God was saying is all rule and judgment is in my hand. He's saying all rule and all judgment is in my hand. That's what he's saying right here. Well, but, Pastor, we use this as one of our healing verses. Oh, I know we do. I know we do. Because how much do we know? He, when, when Sarah said, I've got this incurable old age problem, God said, is there anything too hard for me? What's the answer? Nope. No. Why? Because he's the God that created the body. How much do you know? If God created your, your appendix, he can put your appendix back. He can create you a brand new one. If God created your bones, can he put your bones back? Sure. If God created your heart, can he give you a new heart? If God created your teeth, can he give you new teeth? Of course he can. If God created every cell in your body, can't he take out the rebellious cells and put in fresh, brand new cells that function properly? Of course he can. There's nothing that God can't do. But right here in this section, this sounds like a um, bad thing that God has allowed all this bad stuff to happen. No, God said the power to, to put my hand of protection and provision is in my hand, and the power to remove my hand is in my hand. But we've got to read some more to see where this applies to healing. So let's read some more. All right, verse 28. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the Chaldeans, and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall take it. And the Chaldeans that fight against this city shall come and set fire on this city, and burn it with the houses upon whose roofs have offered incense unto Baal, and poured out drink offerings unto other gods to provoke me to anger. What were the Israelites doing? They were getting up on their housetops. They were getting up on their rooftops, making uh, altars to pagan gods, and they were, were and they were burning sacrifices and pouring out uh, offering wine that should have been poured out to the Father God out to these pagan gods. He said, "They're de-, he said, now why were they on the rooftops? Because that's the high places." They were getting to the high places. They were getting as close to God as they could get. How much do you know that did not set well with the Father? How much do you know that did not set well? 
And this is why God said, looked at Jeremiah, because Jeremiah is pleading the case. Remember, Jeremiah is pleading the case. And basically, God said, don't talk to me about them because they're over here. Yeah, I'm the God that can do anything, but they're over there burnt, doing incense on their rooftops to these other foul gods. How much do you know? God is having a conversation of intercession with Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is trying to plead the case, but he don't have a whole lot to work with. And so far, it doesn't sound like it's going real well. No, so far, it don't look good at all. For the children of Israel and the children of Judah have done only evil, or have, have only done evil before me from their youth. Oh, Lord. For the children of Israel have only provoked me to anger with the work of their hands saith the Lord. I want you to underline that, that the children have, the children, um, have only done evil from their youth. If you've only done evil from your youth, do you think God would want to heal you? There's a lot of people that get saved in their older years and they say, man, the sickness and disease that I have in my body is because I serve the devil and therefore this is my cross to bear. But now wait a minute. We're going to see something because we're going to see that God eventually does have mercy on them. Listen, just because sickness has come upon you because you served the devil in your younger years doesn't mean that God won't have mercy to heal you. Amen. Come on. Let's keep going. For Ciao. this for this city has been to me as a provocation of mine anger Shoo. and of my fury from the day... Fury. I haven't heard him say that one before. Mm-hmm. From the day... <laughs> That they built it even unto this day. That I should remove it from my face. He's going to take the whole city He's down. taking the city out. Because of the, and not because of the pagans. Because of, the, because of God's own children. He's like, they can just keep throwing their sin up in my face. Come on. Now come on. Because of all the evil of the children of Israel and of the children of Judah, which they have done to provoke me to anger, they, their kings, their princes, their priests, and their prophets, and the men of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And Come on, this sounds like America today. Come on. I hate to say it, but man, I just feel like he's talking about our nation. But we're going to see he gets a victory. And they have turned in, unto me the back and not the face. Though I taught them, rising up early and teaching them. Yet they have not hearkened to receive instruction. But they set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name, to defile it. And they built the high places of Baal, which are in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire of Molech, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. God is not okay. I mean, this sounds bad. Do we understand why God is lifting his hand of protection? Come on, let's keep going. And now therefore, thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city, whereof ye say, it shall be delivered unto the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword, and by famine, and by the pestilence. Behold, I will gather them out of all countries, whether I have driven them in mine anger, and in my fury, and in my wrath. And I will bring them again unto, the place, unto this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely. What? Come on. Come on. What's that? Let's read that again. Behold, I will gather them out of all the countries, 
wherewith I have driven them in mine anger and in my fury and in great wrath. And I will bring them again to this place and I will cause them to dwell in safety. God is telling them. God is saying, you've done this and you've done this and you've done this and you've done this. He said, and, and I've got, and I'm angry and I'm full of fury at you, but, but I still desire to take care of you and to bring you to safety. I still desire. This is the heart of the Father. Despite everything you've done to God, he says, I still desire to bring you to safety. Let's keep going. And I will cause them to dwell safely. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever, for the good of them and of their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from them to do them good. But I will put my fear in their hearts, that they shall not depart from me. What is that? That's the Holy Ghost. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost. See, God said, all the way back here in the Old Testament, he said, I know, they're a hot mess. God said, they are a hot mess, but I'm not going to quit on them because I've got a plan coming where I'm going to be able to play, I'm going to be able to do some things on the inside of them that's going to turn them. Come on. Remember, he kept asking, is there anything too hard for me? I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? That's been the question. And and now he's you know he's sitting there going these are basically these are these are hardened sinners, but I'm going to turn them. I'm going to change them. I'm going to do. I'm going to give them a heart transplant. Come on, let's keep going. All right, yay or yes, yes. I will rejoice over them to do them good, and I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. For thus saith the Lord. Like as I have brought all this great evil upon this people, so will I bring upon them all the good that I have promised them. See, he didn't bring the evil. He had to allow the evil because of their, because of their choices. Sickness comes because of our choices. And God has to allow the sickness. But even though he's allowed the sickness, his heart's desire is to remove that sickness, to remove the penalty of sin. Even though he can clearly look at you and say, you, you denied me there. You went against my word there. You, I mean, you, were flan- you, you just flaunted your sin before me there. And, and I had no choice but to let you suffer the consequence. But... After, he said, but I still desire to rescue you, and I will make a way to rescue you. So just because sickness and disease has come upon you does not mean that you have to remain sick and diseased until the grave. You can be healed now. You can be healed. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter if the doctor says, I'm sorry, there's nothing left. There's nothing we can do. Go home and enjoy what time you have left on your bed of sickness. We, the Lord has sent us to people multiple times on their deathbeds, and we prayed for them. And, and we, you know, and in, in a couple of cases, the Lord said, that one has the sin of worry. Tell them to repent. And we did. And they repented, and the Lord healed them. Another one, the Lord said, they have the, they have the sin of unforgiveness. 
Tell them to forgive and I'll heal them. And they did. Another one we went to and uh, there was one that we had that was, uh, they had an issue of gossip. If I remember correctly, it was an issue of gossip. Now they didn't take the teaching seriously and they got sick and they went home prematurely because they didn't heed. But God said, this is the problem. If they'll correct it, they'll hand, well, I'll take care of them. I'll take care of them. See, God wants you healed, but you have to work with the Father. You have to, just like you have to work with your doctors, you have to work with the great physician. Let's keep reading. Well, that's good. I met my goal. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Keep going. Where were we? 42? Uh, Yes. Okay. For thus saith the Lord. Like as I have brought all this great evil upon this people, so will I bring upon them all the good that I have promised them. Again, he allowed the sickness, but he also will allow the goodness. Come on. And fields shall be bought in this land, whereof ye say, It is desolate without man or beast. It is given unto the hand of the Chaldeans. Men shall buy fields for money, and subscribe evidences, and seal them, and take witnesses in, the land of Benjamin, and in the places about Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, and in the cities of the mountains, and in the cities of the valleys, and in the cities of the south. For I will cause their captivity to return, saith the Lord. It's then, it, you know, it's up to you. It's up to you if your sickness remains or your sickness goes. It's your choice. That's what you need to understand. So many people with these chronic illnesses, with these lifetime illnesses, with these one, with these things that the doctors have said, there's nothing I can do. It's your choice to keep it or to send it on the run. It's your choice. He said, if you want to go into captivity, you can because of your sickness, you can. But if you want to be set free, you can. You can be set free. It's your choice. Why? Because you've got to work with God. I want to get down to verse six in the next chapter. Let's read just a few more verses. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Listen, there's no reason for you not to know and understand the things of God. God said, If you'll call unto me, I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know there's no reason for any christian to ever utter the words i do not know because the only reason you don't know is because you have not asked the lord because you have not asked the lord but let's get down to verse six for thus saith the lord the god of israel concerning the houses of this city and concerning the houses of the kings of judah which are thrown down by the mounts and by the sword They come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men whom I have slain in mine anger and in my fury. And for all those wickedness, I have hid my face from this city. All right. So what God said is he said, listen, the Chaldeans are coming. There's going to be people that are going to die. There's going to be people with sickness and all these issues. He said, and the reason is, is because they've sinned before me. And I've, and I have, therefore, I have allowed my hand of protection to be removed. So there's all kinds of sickness. There's all kinds of disease. There's been all kinds of wars and, and things done at the hand of the sword. This means that people are missing literal body parts because they were in sword fights, fight, fighting over the land. But look at verse 6. 
Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them, and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. He said, despite the fact that all this sickness and all this disease and all this lack and everything has come upon you because of your sin, he said, yet still, I will bring you health. I will bring you a cure, and I will reveal unto you the abundance of peace and truth. This is why God said, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Yes, he has to allow consequences, but if you'll turn to him, when if you'll turn to him, if you'll put your faith in him, if you'll rely upon him, he'll turn your consequences into healing, into health, into an abundance of peace and truth. Go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We like to say with God, all things are possible. And with God, all things are possible. But, but... There is a qualifier. There's a qualifier in there. Luke. I said Luke chapter 2. I meant Luke chapter 1. I apologize. Luke chapter 1. And I want, we're going to pick up right here in. Um, oh, my goodness. Well, let's pick up in verse 26. So we get the fullness of what's occurring. We read this this morning. We read a little of this this morning, but we're going to get all the way over to uh, verse 38. All right. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin, um, a virgin, <laughs> a virgin, yeah, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And she, she's like, what? Mm-hmm. What do you mean I'm favored and blessed? Come on. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? God is the God of all flesh. And Mary said, mm, how's there a baby going to get in the womb if I haven't taken care of, the, if, if I haven't done what's physically necessary to receive a child in the womb? How is this going to happen? Listen, sometimes we, us asking why or how, will, asking how will rob you of your healing. Well, how is God going to grow out my missing finger or my missing hand? How is God going to grow out that missing body part? How is God going to restore the teeth? How is God going to fix this issue in my brain? How is God going to replace that organ? Well, let's find out what the angel said. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. 
and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. How, do, how is God going to do it? The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. He said the Holy Ghost is going to come. How is, how is God going to fix this unfixable thing in my body? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Through the touch of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And the power of heaven is going to overshadow you. What happens when you're under the power? Don't know. Don't matter. Just get the job done, dear Jesus. Come on. Does it matter how it happens? Sometimes us asking how, why, what if, if those are the very questions. What if it doesn't happen? What if the Holy Ghost doesn't do the work? What if the Holy Ghost puts it on the right side instead of the left side? He's the creator of the flesh. He's not going to put it in the wrong spot. Come on. He know, well, what, what if they give me the, because, I mean, I, listen, we understand transplant surgeries. You know, there's got to be all these markers, and this blood type has to match that blood type, and you've got to have 15 right proteins and 26 right chromosomes and all this to make it happen. And even then, there's a trans. God is not restricted to those things. If man can replace organs, how much more can the Father who created the human body? If man can repair bones, how much more can the Father God who created the bone? If God, if man, see man, man has not yet figured out how to replace joints. I, I was dealing with a knee issue and, and I knew the, the orthopedist, you know, fairly well and, um, and he was very, very good with knees and what have you. And I knew from, I mean, when I was in high school, he was doing research on how to repair and restore the, the cartilage. And I looked at him and I said, you don't know how to, re I said, you haven't figured out how to have something, you know, to replace the cartilage or anything. And he said, believe me, I have tried. And the only way that cartilage is going to get replaced is by the hand of God. That's what he said. He said that he said I've tried everything under the sun and the only way that it can be that this can happen is by the hand of God. Well, how much you know, God created the cartilage. He knows how to restore the cartilage. Come on. How? How's he going to do it? By the power of the Holy Ghost. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's keep going. All right. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth she has also conceived a son in her old age. Now, Elizabeth was barren. Sarah was barren. Elizabeth was barren. Mary hasn't, ha Mary hasn't been with a man, but yet she's going to be pregnant. How much do you know? God is doing things that is medically impossible. If he was doing things medically impossible 2,000 and 3,000, you know, 4,000 years ago, how much do you know? He is still in the impossible ability today. Come on. All right. And she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Come on. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now, I want you to mark that word nothing somehow. That word nothing is the word rhema. So we should read this scripture this way. For with God, no spirit Spoken word shall be impossible. 
How are you going to get your divine healing? How are you going to get that impossible healing to take place? You've got to speak it by the Spirit. By the Spirit. For when it's said by the Spirit, that which is impossible becomes possible. Let's read one more verse. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Again, mark that word, word. Again, that is the word rhema. She said, Lord, she said, she told the angel, angel, let it be done according to your spirit spoken word. See, at that point, Mary was taking the angel and God at their word. Their word. And she said, if that's your word, then by God, by the spirit spoken word, I accept it. And let it be done unto me. So how do I get how do I get that spirit spoken word through meditation, through studying the word, through studying the scriptures? The reason we don't see more miraculous, creative miracles is because we stay consumed with what the world says instead of what the word says. says. You, I mean, they make it so easy now, and I've been guilty of this. I admit it. I've been guilty of this. They've got the patient portals now where you can get on there, and you can see the reports from the tests that you have before the doctor, a lot of times before the doctor even sees it. And you can get on there, and you can look up all of the diagnoses and all of the words, and what all does it mean, and oh, and you can look up what all this, and you will, I mean, you can meditate on that and, and study on that and go, oh, there's no hope. This is it. I'm destined. This is what's going to happen. No, 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 no. Why don't you take that same time and get into the Word of God and find out for yourself what God says? Why don't you get in there and meditate on He is the God of all flesh. He's the creator of the body. He's the designer of the universe. When God speaks, it happens. When God says it comes to pass, get over there and find out by his stripes you were healed. And if you were healed, then you are healed. Get over there in Galatians and find out that you've been redeemed from the curse. Get over there and find out that once you come into Christ, you're no longer a sinner, but now you're a saint. Come on, find out. Back up to this verse. I was floored when I saw this. Come on. I was floored when I saw this, and I wasn't prepared for this, but I just heard the Spirit say it. I want you to back up to verse 35. We're going to look at something right here in verse 35. Uh, Let's go ahead and reread that. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. (laughs) I got to get this. Come on. Uh, So right there, the angel called Jesus a thing. (laughs) He said, how about, how much you been, when was the last time an angel showed up and called you a thing? He called him a thing. Look at that. The angel answered and said that the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, that holy thing, that holy thing, which shall be born, shall be called what? The Son the of God. Son of God. He, he, the angel said, this is a thing. Oh, my goodness. I said, 
that jumped out at me. And I said, Lord, what in the world do you mean a thing? Well, I mean, we would call it, if somebody walked up to you and said, well, you're just a holy thing or you're just a thing, we'd be insulted. But it means, it literally, this word, hagios, means the most holy thing, specifically, check this out, a saint. A saint. And it comes from this other word, hagnois. And it means exciting reverence. Uh, I need my pronouncer. Oh, you need me? I do. <laughs> Here you go. All right. Uh, oh, exciting reverence, venerable, Thank sacred, you. pure, a pure form or pure from carnality, chaste, modest, pure from every fault, immaculate, clean. Jesus being a holy thing was 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 what did it say about carnality? Pure from carnality? Pure from car- carnality. He was pure Chased. from carnality. In other words, he was a saint who did not sin. He was a holy thing. And when we come into Christ, we become holy things. And when we're a holy thing, Satan cannot put any sickness or disease on us. And anything that Satan has put on us, the Father has redeemed us. He's paid the price for that for whatever that is to be reversed. But we've got to get in the word and we've got to find out that we qualify as a holy thing. Come on. How much you know? Jesus is a saint we're the, and we are members of his body. So if we're part of his body and he's a saint, guess what? We're a saint. We're not an ain't. We're a saint. Come on. We got, are. <laughs> and you've got to remember that for, with God, nothing shall be impossible. And nothing being the spirit spoken word shall not shall not be impossible. So we have to take him at, at his word. We have to we have to know without a doubt that his word is true, and and then we have to accept it and we have to meditate on it. We have to we have to uh, act on it. So how if you have some diagnosis that that is a can never be healed, can never be taken care of. Um, and, and I have one of those diagnoses, but glory to God, I don't have to hold on to it all the days of my life. I've been redeemed from it. Amen. I, I remember when I went to the Mayo Clinic and I was there, I mean, I was going back and forth for over a year. They, could, they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. They eventually sent me to the psych department, freaked me out, and they sent me to the, to the oncologist, freaked me out, and uh, I, I, I filled out this form that had 50 questions and I answered yes to 48 out of 50 questions and I mean I was in tears I was in tears um and what was the questionnaire about well it was about fibromyalgia well that you know people are like oh well that's not a big deal well no my mother-in-law was diagnosed with fibromyalgia before anybody knew it was a thing and I have watched it just rob her of her life so this was just, I mean, this was just a formidable thing for me. And, I mean, I just overwhelmed. And I'm thinking, I'm a child of God. What am I doing here? And this is, and, I mean, and I, was, I happened to be by myself because I didn't realize what departments I was going to that day. Or I would have said, I need my entourage. Um, but, no, it was just me and Jesus. And, I'm, and, and, and then I, after I answer, you know, yes to 48 of 50 questions, I went in a room and 
the nurse said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, we're going to talk a little while and then I'm going to do some tests, some tests. And uh, she said, I'm just, just stand in front of me and I'm just going to lightly touch some points and you tell me if these points hurt. And I thought, well, that's not going to happen. I mean, she just lightly put her finger on me and I thought I was going to be a cat on the ceiling. I thought, wow, I didn't realize I was in that much pain. And so I sat there and talked to her for about an hour and an hour, 15 minutes or so. And she said, okay, well, the doctor is actually reviewing all of your medical records and everything, and he's going to be in here in a few minutes. And I said, oh, okay. And, he, and the doctor came in, and he said, well, he said, I have good news for you. He said, but you might think some of the news that I have for you is bad news. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, well, he said, the good, he said, well, what you may consider the bad news is, is we know what is wrong with you, and you definitely have a disease that you will have for the rest of your life, and it is uncurable. How much you know? That's, that's not good news. That's not good news. And, and I'm almost a puddle on the floor because he asked, do you want the good news or the bad news first? And I thought, well, let's do the good news at the end because at least that will give me something to get off the floor with. And uh, he said, well, here's the good news. And I said, okay, what's the good news? He goes, we've been studying this for over 12 years, and we can, tell you, and we can teach you how to manage it so that you can live a normal life. And I thought, well, that's better than nothing. And then off to oncology I went uh, because there were still other issues that they hadn't figured out. Well, what was that? Well, that was, uh, they call it central synthesization. Basically, sum it up in a nutshell so a layperson can understand it. My body stays in fight or flight 24 hours a day. How much you know, where's the body out? But praise God, I don't have to stay that way all the days of my life. I can find out what the word says on healing and I can proclaim I am the healed of the Lord. I am, I am the redeemed of the Lord. I no longer, my body no longer has central synthesization. Well, have you received your freedom? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes time. You shall recover. It's a slow process. And, you know, and why? Because my body's talking to me every day. My body's talking to me every day, and some days are better than other days. But you know what? I've been redeemed. It doesn't matter what my body says. It matters what the Word says. Amen. I'm a saint, and I'm, one, of those, one of those words of a holy thing means clean. Well, if I'm clean, sickness is unclean. So if I'm clean, then uncleanness must go. In Jesus' name. Must go. It cannot stay. It cannot remain. So if you have one of these diagnoses, can you be set free? Yes. What is going to take for you to get set free? What is going to take for you to get that creative miracle is you're going to have to get in the Word and find out what the Word has to say, and you're going to have to stop relying on what Dr. Google says. You're going to have to stop meditating on what the world's medicine says and start meditating on what God's medicine says. Glory to God. The reason that other countries see creative miracles more than we see in the United States is because they do not have, many of them do not have access to the Internet the way that we have access to it. They also don't have access to doctors and constant medical care. And therefore, if God doesn't show up, they don't get healed. They learn to so, rely on God. So 
you know, what you have to do is instead of, now, I'm not telling you not to take your medicine. By all means, I'm actually telling you, take your medication. But every time you take it, you say, Father, I thank you that I've been redeemed. Father, I thank you that my body is completely healed and completely whole and completely restored. Father, I thank you. Get some scriptures and begin to proclaim those scriptures. And then all of a sudden, one day, you're going to make that declaration by the Spirit. You're going to speak it by the Spirit. And the moment you speak it by the Spirit, it will come to pass. Amen. It will come to pass. Glory to God. So if you have one of these un- incurable illnesses, you have body parts missing, you have something that the doctors have said, there's no hope. I assure you, there is hope because we have seen people without hope be healed, be restored, and live. Come on. Glory Amen. to God. Thank you, Father. Glory, 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 glory. You got anything to add? Mm-mm. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Zach, if you'll come, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, if you're online and you say, well, I, I just don't even know where to begin with knowing how to study the word or any scriptures. If you're online, reach out to us. We've got a hundred and... 10 healing scriptures we can send you to help you start your study. Let me help you get your study started. We've got books we can send you to help you get your study on um, that will help you get to that place of that spirit spoken word. And here's the deal. You don't need 109 scriptures. You just need one or two and meditate on it day and night until it becomes a spirit reality to you. Amen. Glory to God. Well, if you've got a tithe or an offering, uh, we're going we're gonna to give that, and then um, glory to God. Well, Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the healing power of Christ. And, Father, we thank you that you are the God of all flesh, and there is nothing too hard for you. And, Father, that as we speak your word by the Spirit, that word becomes a reality in our life, and we are the healed in the whole of the Lord. And, Father, as we sow a seed, we thank you that that Satan is bound off of our increase, that, Father, you return our you return our seed sowed, Father, and we Father, we just set our faith on the hundred percent return. We know it doesn't come that way every time, but Father, we thank you that every time we sow a seed, there is absolutely one hundred percent of the time a return. And Father, we thank you that you maximize our returns. We thank you that the angels go out and cause prosperity to come as we are heirs of salvation and that we are provided for by the riches of Christ by the riches of you through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that all of our needs and all of our provisions are met. And, Father, we thank you that the word is true and the word is working. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Amen. You can serve the people. Glory to God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, 